What do you want, Richard? I'll be honest with you. I want to do a good deed. I want to do a lot more. The best things in life are free. I try to set an example for my nephew. Give them to the birds and bees. Anthony got kicked out of school. I went through all that trouble. And for what? I'm always being accused. You gotta be good. That's what I want. I want to do whatever I can to help the family. That's what I want. It don't get everything, it's true. What it don't get, I can't use. I want money. Wonder what they talk about in there. I didn't catch the name. Pussy. <laughs> Put him on the table. They can just got this jacket. You know, I, I try so hard. Gotta do something about Dicky Malasani. What blow? I know you can get anything. Look at Dickie Moltisanti. He steps up, takes care of his family, takes care of all the business. If anybody tells anybody about this, how you doing on your merit badges? I want to do all kinds of good things. It's the one thing. Pain comes from always wanting things. But who do I know? I'm a murderer. The best things in life are free. Got myself a son. Hi, Christopher. Hello. Hey. Oh. Oh. Okay, all right. It's all like right. a scam or something. Some babies, when they come into the world, know all kinds of things from the other side. That's what I want. episode of palace off the top rope thank you so much for joining me ladies and gentlemen and it's been a crazy october probably the craziest october i've ever been involved with working at a movie theater in terms of box office because basically every single week we've had a hit and i was discussing this with a work colleague over the summer and i mentioned how october starting from October, October at least, that it was going to be busier, I felt, than the summer movie season. I felt the movies were going to be a bit stronger and there was going to be more anticipation for it. So as I'm taping this, we're already at the end of October and we're about to head into November and another Marvel movie's on the way. But I wanted to recap since the last time I spoke to you all. So Venom Let There Be Carnage was huge, had the biggest opening of the entire pandemic, and to this day, it's still killing, at least at my theater. I thought this movie would have completely dropped off, but the fact that it's a theater exclusive has helped us out tremendously, so people are coming back in droves to see this movie. And, um, you know, you have your your major critics who don't really like the movie, and it's kind of like whatever, but it sometimes it really doesn't matter what the critics think. It, it's what the audience is feeling, how they're absorbing it. And they're, they're coming back to watch this movie. It's, uh, it's not a hard watch at all. It's 90 minutes. And, uh, it, it's hard for me to, to say that about other movies. Like, you know, like Shang-Chi was a huge hit, but it was also really long. Um, No Time to Die opened the week after Venom at about 50 some million, which is still good considering the fact, but you're talking at almost a three hour movie in length. 
um, with previews and everything. So that I think that kind of hindered its box office a little bit. But still, people are coming out to see it because it's a theater exclusive. Um, Halloween Kills proved that, you know, having a, a streaming partner for a day and same day release didn't matter because it, it killed at the box office. And also, a lot of people didn't even know that it was available to stream uh, for about like five bucks if you if you purchase the Peacock Network. Uh, they have different tiers, but basically, if you if you pay five dollars, that's their premium. They have different sets of premiums, but if you pay like a $5, like you can basically watch the movie. So there were easier avenues than the movie theater to watch Halloween Kills, and yet it still turned out a great box office success. Um, plus, it has the benefit of being a, a horror movie. And as uh, we've mentioned, horror movies have really made a comeback over the last couple of years, um, and they're almost bona fide like box office hits they've become kind of almost like a sure thing like a marvel movie depending on the type of horror movie it is like it's if it's a slasher flick like like a halloween uh they're gonna redo scream coming up in january i think that's gonna be a huge success because it's finally gonna come at the right time um you know the conjuring movies stuff like a quiet place like your thrillers that kind of mix in with the horror those are kind of like almost for sure hits nowadays so that in and itself helped uh, Halloween Kills a lot. Uh, this past weekend we had Dune, which opened to up about forty million. Which also, again, for a movie like that, you know, big budgeted piece, um, not the strongest opening, but still very, very strong in terms of like it was also streaming on HBO Max. So, I believe if I read this correctly, this was the second biggest. Uh, movie from Warner Brothers that had that HBO Max uh, simultaneous release. So this was the biggest one since probably uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, I want to say. So anyways, it's been a huge October. It's been incredible. This weekend we got Last Night in Soho for all the Edgar Wright fans. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I'll see if I get to that one. You know, my schedule's been super crazy. Work has been, you know, so hectic in a good way, right? There's just a lot going on and it's been hard for me to catch up um what i've really been putting all my all my focus on really like from a movie standpoint and and all that was pre- prepping myself for the many saints of newark and that's because i started to journey into the sopranos for my first time viewing ever of this television show which has been around now for over 20 years um and i finally ventured into it after you know, being recommended by so many different people. You know, I love the genre of mob and mafia and family-related movies and drama and, and all that stuff. All that stuff is very appealing to me, whether it's in a television show, whether it's a movie. You know, I, I've stated, you know, while it's not my favorite, I know The Godfather, to me personally, is the greatest movie ever made. And so when The Many Saints of Newark was announced... Especially when I saw the first trailer for it, I was like, okay, now there's no more excuses. I have to journey into The Sopranos. I have to watch it. So my goal was to really speed through it and then uh, watch The Many Saints of New Work, which debuted the same weekend as, as Venom. But that didn't happen. And that's a good thing because what ended up happening was that I got so 
drawn into this world from J- David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos. And I was like, I am not going to rush through this series because it is so freaking good. Like, to the point where, like, this is, I know this show has been celebrated and has been talked about for years and years and years. It's been in the pop culture conscience, like, even to this day. But for me, like, wow, like, you know, every once in a while there comes along, there's a show, and I'm just, like, haunted by it. I'm thinking about it. I'm, you know, per, you know, just thinking about all these different things, ideas, themes, you know, correlations between my own life. And, and you know, just with not every aspect of the show, but just little things. So this happened, you know, with stuff like Breaking Bad and Twin Peaks and, uh, you know, I can relate to characters on Seinfeld and situations like that. So there's certain television shows that just go above and beyond, like, being, like, a favorite. Where you just, you even if it's not, like, something you're going to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch, you can, you just know that it's one of the greatest things you've ever seen put uh, as an art form. And The Sopranos, I'm looping in there right away. It's definitely a top five of all time of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And I posted this on Facebook. I posted the list and people were like, oh, you left out this, you left out that. And it's like, guys, like, I'm not talking about my favorites. Like, you know, I have my favorites, the Entourages, the Friends, the Sons of Anarchy, you know, How I Met Your Mother, Cobra Kai, stuff like that. That's all fine. And those are rewatchables. Those are favorites. But when I'm talking about, like, Shows that transcend and, and, and do things that are just like that no other show is doing. And it's, it's, it's own little like flavor. Like there's certain shows where it's like, oh man, there's like, I've seen this before, but then there's stuff that you watch and you like, you think it's one thing and it's going a certain way. And it's like, it turns out to be more than what you expected. And that's exactly what the Sopranos was. And I'll go more into this as I correlate that with my, Many Saints in Newark viewing, which just happened last night. So, okay, so again, we're heading to the end of October. So originally, I was supposed to watch this right at the beginning. I was supposed to speed watch through The Sopranos, which I thought I was going to do. I don't really binge stuff anymore unless I'm like super, super into it. But once I started The Sopranos, I was like, there's no way I can speed through this. It's so good. Like, why? It's like a fine wine. Like, I just want to enjoy this. It's It's not a shot of whiskey or whatever where I just want to, you know get like a little a buzz and a, a little bit toasty from it and then just forget about it. Like that's basically what content it is these days. That's like the correlation I can make is that all the content that we consume, it's like shots where it's like, it makes you feel good for a second. If you take a, if you consume a lot of it at once, you're like, yeah, it gives you on this high, but then like immediately like feel drained afterwards. And then you forget about it days later. Whereas opposed to like, Something like The Sopranos, it's like a fine wine where you're just enjoying every sip of it. Like you don't want to, you don't want to chug, you don't want to like shoot it up. You just want to take it in, soak in everything that's being presented to you. All the themes, all the messages, all the nuances. It's incredible. But I'm going to talk about that more. But um, yeah, again, it's just going to be a crazy, continue to get crazy for us at the box office. Like I said, we got Last Night in Soho this weekend. Uh, we also got the an- the anime film My Hero Mac- Academia. Uh, those usually do pretty well, uh, at least in our circuits. So I'm expecting good crowds for that. And then, of course, we're going to jump right into uh, Marvel's Eternals, which 
regardless of how you feel about Marvel, including myself, I've been, I've been kind of sour on some of the stuff they've been doing recently. Just it just doesn't feel the same anymore. But I know people are going to come out in droves. They've, they've they've just developed such a huge fan base, and they're the standard right now when it comes to movies. And you know, people these are the movies that make all the money. So I'm all for it. Helps our business. So that's going to continue to trend well. Ghostbusters is coming up. Uh, for me personally, what I'm looking forward to in November, it would have been Top Gun Maverick, but that got pushed to next May. What I'm looking forward to, of course, is going to be the the director's cut of Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago. That's going to be coming up. It's a special one night only event in theaters, and then it'll be available to purchase, I think, on digital platforms like a week later or something like that. So <laughs> with that being said, I'm so behind on a lot of movies. So I haven't seen No Time to Die yet, which is the final James Bond movie with Daniel Craig in the role. And um, another one that I've really been looking forward to, The Last Duel with Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Ben Affleck. Uh, I really need to find time to go watch those movies. But they're also so long, so I have to find time within my schedule to dedicate like almost three hours per e- per each movie to, to make sure I get like people think like oh you, like I don't have all that time anymore like my time is occupied with work with my kids you know doing this podcast which I know but I'm also doing my football podcast which has a lot of my focus and time because the NFL just takes up a chunk of, of my you know just my attention span and all that stuff so I really do want to get to these movies and I will cover them for you at some point they just may not be correlating with when they're being released on that exact weekend so if it if in the upcoming weeks you'll see a random episode about james bond or maybe i might combine it with the last duel and then eventually i'll probably see eternals and ghostbusters and all those movies and then finally we'll finish off the year with matrix and spider-man and all that stuff but it's uh and then wrestling of course is always something that's always going to have my interest and uh for the most part i'm watching both products of aew and wwe uh, but the one that's constantly delivering every single week and has me engaged and has me excited is AEW. But WWE has some stuff that I can cling on to, but for the most part, it's just kind of like, eh. But I can't help it. That's I'm like a wrestling fan for life, so that part of me will never go away. So, again, I, I'm trying to juggle all these different things. And, <laughs> again, if you're going to recommend a show or a movie to me, like, it just, it has to be, like, beyond good and like it's gonna be hard for something to top the sopranos like i'm on a high from that like you just can't believe like i i watched the finale yesterday for the first time and (coughs) excuse me and it is so crazy how much this show has haunted my thoughts my dreams even um there's a lot to unpack with this show and like i said it took up a chunk of my time like and most of this was like late at night watching these episodes and and slowly you know carving through them and you know the only time i powered through like a chunk was all of yesterday when i finished like the final nine episodes of of the series and then and then of course right after that i I jumped right into the many saints in new york so yes a lot of stuff been just juggling my mind including my birthday which just came and went like nothing like it didn't i mean i had a nice dinner with with my kids and my dad but other than that it didn't really 
do anything this year. It's just come and gone, 35. Uh, yeah. But anyways, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll discuss The Many Saints in Newark and what I thought about it as a companion piece, a prequel, whatever, to The Soprano. So stick around. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. London is everything I have dreamed of. I know how much you want this, but it's not what you imagined. I keep seeing these visions of the past. This is just a taste of things to come. You shouldn't have come here. Maybe it's too late for you. Save yourself! Last Night in Soho. Rated R. Welcome back to the show and Last Night in Soho from director Edgar Wright who brought us Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Baby Driver, uh, Shot of the Dead, all these cult classics you should you would say. Um, we'll see what uh, what he cooks up with this weekend. Like I, I want to watch it because it's Edgar Wright but the material it's kind of like it, it's vaguely interesting to me. Um, I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if I even get to it with time. Anyways, uh, this episode is dedicated to the many saints of Newark, which was my finally push, like, you know, you got to do it, Palace, to get into the Sopranos. But what ended up happening was I actually really, really enjoyed the Sopranos, so I wasn't going to speed watch it or speed binge. I know everybody loves to binge watch everything these days, and... And don't get me wrong, that's what I did here with The Sopranos, but I took my time with it. I wasn't going to, you know, do like five, six episodes like a day or anything like that. Like, no, I would do like one, two, maybe three. But, you know, it's it's a long formatted show. So this originally aired on HBO uh, starting in 1999. So this was right about the time I was in middle school. So, of course, I had no interest in this. I was all about the wrestling, MTV, you know, all that stuff. Just growing up as a teen and adolescence, like, I wasn't really focused on prestige television. Like, that that part of my life didn't come until later. And even then, I'm watching this series already as a, a man in his 30s. So, I've already watched a lot of stuff in my life where I'm like, man, like, how much more like great stuff could I really dive into? And I, and I know it's a naive thing to say, but you know, I, I have watched a lot of stuff. So I didn't really, and television wise, like there, there's only certain stuff I can get into now where, you know, some people have told me like, Oh, watch game of Thrones or watch this. But I look at the episodes and I look at the, how long each episode is and like, Oh man, it's a lot of time to get dedicated to it. And that's probably a big reason why I never dived into the Sopranos, uh, other than, like, you know, also I just never had HBO to begin with. But now that HBO Max is in existence and there's a lot of stuff merged together, like, it's been there for me. And The Many Saints in Newark, I, I'm all about the films, right, and, and movies like this to continue to get made. But I knew if I was going to want to watch this, I was going to have to see The Sopranos finally. And I was like, cool, like, this is the, the kick in the ass for me to do it. And people are like, it's a prequel. Why don't you watch that first and then get into The Sopranos? And I was like, no, I have a feeling if I watch that movie first, I'm not going to understand the world. And I know there's going to be nods and references and introductions to characters from the actual show in the movie, but at an earlier age. So I'm like, no, I want to get a good sense of the world that I'm diving into. And boy, was I completely correct because 
if you're somebody that's thinking about getting into The Sopranos or you just want to watch a mob movie or whatever and you see this, it's not really going to do anything for you. And I love David Chase and I love the world that he created, but <clears throat> The Many Saints in Newark doesn't really work as a movie, as a standalone movie without really appreciating the the mythology and everything that came with The Sopranos. So... If you did watch The Sopranos and then watch this, well, you're, then you're absolutely going to love it because there's a shitload of nods to everything that happened in that series and a lot of, uh, you know, just context and Easter eggs and a lot of alluding to, you know, just, and some of it comes off in a comedic way, but also like there's stuff that it's pivotal. Like, there's a point where these two characters are in a scene in, in the movie, and I'm like, like that plays into a pivotal part in, in something that happens later on in, in the actual show. So, I knew if I had watched this, I wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I did uh, after viewing the, sh- the series first. Um, but again, as a standalone movie, it just doesn't work. Like, I love all the actors in it. John Bernthal's in it, Vera Farmiga as Tony Soprano's mom in a tremendous performance, which I think should get some awards recognition. I don't know if it's going to, but uh, she does a really good job here. Um, Alessandro Nivola, uh, really cool character actor, plays uh, Dickie Moltisanti, uh, and he plays uh, Christopher Moltisanti from the television show, plays his dad in the movie. Um so there's a lot of relations here. So see, if you see this movie and you see the main the the main guy in this movie, like it's gonna mean nothing to you. It's just some guy. But if you watch the series, you understand like who he is and and who he he's related to, and it makes it much more meaningful. So my suggestion to you is, if you're interested in this movie at all, I would highly recommend watching the entire series. And that's going to take a chunk of your time because I do believe it's one of the greatest pieces of television that has ever been put in this world. Like, you're just really going to enjoy that. And then the prequel movie is just a nice little, like, cherry on top. Um, Would I love... This probably would worked better as a pilot to a series. Like, if, if David Chase wanted to re-enter this world, there's a lot here that you can dive into with a young... Anthony Soprano, because the a lot of the <clears throat> marketing and even the posters that I've seen at work, it's like the whole the tagline of the movie is "Who made Tony Soprano?" and it makes it makes you think like you're on this gigantic journey with Tony, but it really he's really just a a side character in this thing, and then everything gets sped up at the end, not to really in, get you set up for the intro of the series, but just more of like where it's headed. And it kind of speed rushes through all that, so it doesn't really get time to to flourish. And that's why I think that this would work out better as a series. This like if this the Many Saints in New York, if this what was presented was just a pilot, like that, that that's perfect. Like it did its job because there's just so much stuff you can dive into, and not a lot of um, not a lot of time to flesh stuff out because The Sopranos is so layered and it takes its time. And it's so thematic and it's so poetic with a lot of its um, its themes and the stuff it's it's telling you and its storytelling um, that the Many Saints in New York, it just really feels like, hey, look, guys, like 
this is kind of the world that we introduce in the Sopranos, and here's this character who ends up becoming this character, and oh, here's a cameo by so and so. So, perfect example: Edie Falco, who plays Carmela Soprano, who just fucking knocks it out of the park in the series, and I can't tell you this. She's probably my favorite character in the entire uh, show. Um, she cameos, not her specifically, but the, the character cameos in this movie. And again, if you're an outsider watching it, it's just somebody in the movie. But when it happens in the movie, and it happens like really out of nowhere, and it's, she's just there. But when you hear the name, you're like, oh my god, that's Carmela Soprano. Like that's That's the character that, that she's at a young age. But we know what she's going to blossom to be in the show. So it's like, that's why I'm saying it doesn't work as a standalone movie because you don't appreciate it. And again, even if you do uh, love The Sopranos and you like this, which, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's like, it was kind of like, a oh man, this was just, uh, it was like the Breaking Bad movie where it was nice to revisit some of the characters. But it was also like, it feels like there was... A lot left to be desired, right? Like, there's uh, plenty of stories they could do with a young Tony Soprano and a young Carmela in their teenage years, or a young Junior Soprano, or, or a baby Christopher growing up without a father and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So, but overall, like, it's it's well made. Like, it's it's intended to be kind of like a. To me, it's like a palate cleanser. Like. It doesn't really dive into that world. Like, it gives you really glimpses. But I'm telling you, if you watch this first and then watch The Sopranos, okay, so be it. But if you watch The Sopranos afterwards, you're going to understand why. Like, oh, shit. Like, they didn't even scratch the surface of the stuff that they did in the show. So, um, and again, it's just going to feel like a, wow, like, it feels like a very cut-down version of it. And I get it. They're trying to make a movie. But again, to me, it doesn't work as a movie. This has to be a series. And I don't say that a lot about stuff. Usually I'm like, if you can make it into a movie, cool. Like, not every, like everything these days feels like it has to be turned into a show. And I hate to pick on Marvel, but like, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like a six episode thing, but they really could have trimmed that down to like a two, two hour and 15 minute movie. Like, they really could have, but everything's about content these days and creating episode after episode after episode. Like, everything has to be a show now. But with The Sopranos, like, with a show that took its time, with a with a writer and a creator that just just made this world so rich and so nuanced that yes, like a movie with characters from that television show at a young age, it's not going to work because there's just a lot to unpack. Right? There's a lot in the series that goes into Tony Soprano's relationship with his mom, and here in the movie, when you see him at a younger age, it's like you know all the heavy weight; it's there. And you can flesh it all out, but you can't do it in a movie that's just two hours. Like, you just can't. And that's not the fault of uh, David Chase. Uh, Like, I don't know what the overall goal with this was. Like, I would have to read more into it. And, I mean, there's been, you know, reports of him signing a new deal with HBO as, as far as, like, you know, making more content back in the Sopranos world. Whether it be a continuation on This Many Saints in New York and making a show out of it or making another movie. I don't know, but... For me personally, for it to work, like I think it has to be a series. Um, but again, it's going to be very hard to get on the level that The Sopranos did with James Gandolfini. You don't have him anymore. God rest his soul. Um, just phenomenal. Like, 
unbelievable performance in this series. One of the greatest performances ever. And like I mentioned on a pod before, like he's so fucking infectious in this movie, in this show with his smile, with his, his, all these different things going through his mind, his anger, his sadness, his despair, his depression. There's just so much stuff to it. Um, but yeah, was it worth the wait for the many saints in Newark binging all that? For the movie part of it, no. It was kind of like, like I said, again, a palate cleanser. It's just, it was, it's a nice touch. But, you know, what I'm going to remember out of this experience was finally getting into The Sopranos and getting to watch this series. And it was very heavy. It's, it's very, there's a lot of weight to it. So as far as like rewatchability, I know down the line I'm going to want to revisit this and rewatch it again, but it may take me a while because it just left me so, it just left me with a lot to think about. And you think, oh man, it's a, it's a mobster show. Like any dummy is going to tell you that, but if you really watch it, there's a lot there. There is a lot going on in that show that makes it more than just a movie about gangsters or, or the mafia life or whatever. There's, there's a lot there. And if you're really paying attention, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyways, let's take one final break here and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up that, that I need to address. So stick around. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. The people of this planet brought half the universe back with a snap of a finger. On November 5th. They need us now. The end. Eternals assemble. Was just the beginning. Marvel Studios Eternals. Sweet PG-13. Get tickets now. Welcome back to the show. And um, I know I mentioned like never really taking recommendations anymore. Like I really have to be sold on it. So my dad told me that he got into Yellowstone. And this is a show that's been people have been telling me about and to get into. But again, it's like three seasons in. It's like it's one of those high powered like hour dramas, sometimes plus like if it's a mini movie. But he told me that he powered through this show like he went like all out and like watched it like really quickly. And he's told me like that I need to watch it. So it's set up on my DVR. Um, I know the new season's about to start, so that's my next venture television wise. Um, so we'll see if I like this one again. Coming off of the Sopranos, like, it's hard to like compare, and I really shouldn't do that, but the fact that I just went through this show and I enjoyed it and loved it so much, um, anything afterwards is probably gonna be a letdown, right? But no, I'm gonna give it a shot. And, uh, again, I really don't take recommendations anymore unless it's like, it's like, you gotta see it. And that my dad sold me on that and he never recommends anything. Like, like if anything, I'm always telling him like, oh, you should watch this or do you want to watch that? And he's kind of like, eh, you know, sure, we'll watch it. But it's rare when he tells me to be like, hey, like you need to watch this. And he set that for Yellowstone. So. That's, that's my next venture. So if, for, for those of you out there that listening to the show that like Yellowstone, let me know your thoughts on it. Uh, I know on my DVR, the first episode's coming up. That's going to start recording in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to take a breather. I'm not going to jump right into it. I'm sure I can find it on a streamer, streamer somewhere like Paramount Plus, or I'm not sure if it's on Peacock. I, I got to look for it, but I'm, I'm going to try not to because I want to take a little break because the Sopranos was just a little too much. Um, but yes, definitely going to 
catch up on The Last Duel and No Time to Die and get reviews for that on this show. Um, I announced it on my Facebook page, but I'm not sure if I've announced it here, but the return of the 90s film's turn 30 series is coming back November 22nd. I'm doing a double feature of Beauty and the Beast from Walt Disney Pictures and Cape Fear from Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. So that's an interesting back-to-back double feature. So um, I'll be looking for co-hosts on that if you're interested in those movies or want to talk about them. Again, this is an open show, so I've never shied away from you know having people come on here if you want to discuss movies or whatever it is, anything pop culture related. Basically, anything that's not politics, I'm all for. Um, I know I got buddies that from work that want to come on here and talk about music, and I'm sure I'll plan something out in the future for that. Um, again, just a lot going on at work right now with uh, our busy movie schedule. Again, it, it feels like it's just going to be one after the other after every week, every week until the end of the year. So, uh, haven't really. I was supposed to do an episode with Tyler Bishop where we covered everything that happened at DC's uh, Fandom event, and we covered it last year. And we went through like a lot of the major stuff that happened. Um, some good stuff this year. We got like first looks at you know Black Adam finally after like thirty years. <laughs> I mean, how long has that project been in development with The Rock? Um, you know, we got our first glimpse of that. We got our first look at the Flash, which is coming next November, which will feature the return of Michael Keaton as Batman. So that's got a lot of intrigue there, and there was teases of that. So I'm looking forward to that. I. I I liked Ezra Miller as the Flash, and this was even before Zack Snyder's version. Uh, what he what he did in Joss Whedon's cut or whatever was filmed of that, I liked his performance there. Like he was quirky and funny, and you know, to me, he felt like the Flash. So he's a good representation for that character. Even though I kind of grew accustomed to the one that was on television or still is on television, even though I don't watch it anymore with Grant Gustin. <clears throat> Excuse me, what's going on with my voice? Um, so yeah, we got our first look at that. But then of course the big main event finale was the new trailer for the Batman, which comes out in March of 2022 and it looks incredible. I cannot wait for Robert Pattinson's version. And again, I'm always up for anything Batman related. So, um, yes, did I love Ben Affleck as Batman? Yes. Do I think the Dark Knight trilogy is still the best, uh, version of a Batman movie sets we're going to get? Yes, but I'm still open for more, and I thought I, I had shut the door after Joss Whedon's Justice League because it left a very ugly taste in my mouth, but I've opened it up again, and again, looking forward to all the marketing and all the Funko Pops that will be released for that. I I just recently started my Batman Funko Pop collection, so uh, if you ever see one on the lookout, message me. Uh, I'm, all, I'm always looking to, to add to the collection. Um also, still working with Jake Ramirez on a video show that we're going to do where we go physical media hunting or looking for, you know, just stuff that, you know, is really hard to find. Like, you know, I'm a VHS collector and I like, like basically 90s movies. So I'm always on the hunt for stuff like that, thrifting and all that stuff. I know there's some horror movies that Jake's looking for. So we're looking into like, starting a show and reviewing the stuff that we buy. So all of that's in the works. Um, and then, of course, I got my football podcast that I do with Abraham Trevino, which you can catch every week. 
Uh, that for sure. That one's been like consistent every single week. We had a bye week, which the NFL does, uh, with every team. So we had a lot of stuff going on that week. So we decided to make that the bye week. But other than that, we're there every week covering all of the games of the NFL week per week, uh, matchups, storylines, news updates, injuries, all that stuff. So tune into that. It's all on, on my feed and all on my podcast page. Um, yeah, there's just a, just a lot of stuff right now, man, and it's it, it keeps me busy, it keeps me motivated, and I enjoy doing this show so much, and, you know, I just have so many ideas in my head of, you know, just stuff that I want to do, and people that I want to bring on, and, and, you know, just all these different things, so it's, uh, it's a fun time, but yes, a lot of, a lot of my time, it's like I rarely have, like, days off where I'm just, like, not really doing anything, like, I'm always up to something, so, with that being said, I didn't want to make this too long of an episode, and I, I know, again, I've I've let down and not <laughs> kept up with the movies, but again, The Sopranos was a, a big part of this journey of why there wasn't a lot of episodes of this podcast, for sure, because that took up a lot of my time as well as work. So it was work Sopranos, work Sopranos, work Sopranos. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, you can search this podcast on Spotify, search Palace off the top rope, hit that follow button. I do share this podcast link through all my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. Podbean's got an app that you can download and listen to from there. If you're an Apple person, you got an iPhone, iPad, whatever, um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It just helps in the data and helps the show grow and grow and grow, and that's what I'm trying to do. I've had great ratings for my football podcast, but... I would love for this one to grow as well, uh, just because this is my main show that I love to do. This is episode already 125. Can't believe I've already reached that mark. And, you know, I'm proud of myself because usually I'll, I don't know how many times I've tried to start, stop, and restart this podcast, but this one, this version of it, this is the farthest that I've ever gone with it so far. And for those of you that have been on this ride with me, I appreciate it so much, and again, if there's stuff that you feel like I should cover, didn't or missed, stuff that you don't, you want to hear less of. Again, I'm always open for constructive criticism on how to make this show better. Again, this is an open invitation podcast. I don't shy away from anybody. I don't duck anybody. So if you ever want to come on and talk pop culture, again, I'm always for it. So anything, wrestling, sports, movies, anything in the pop culture bubble. I'm down. So with that being said, um, go watch The Sopranos, everybody. I promise you, it'll it'll leave an impact on you. And then if you if you if you want to watch The Many Saints in New York, I enjoyed it just because it was a cherry on top. But as I mentioned earlier, doesn't really work as a movie. But eh, it is what it is. Um, so until the next episode, God bless you. Take care.